Good morning. My name is Tony Healy, and today I'm hosting a special edition of RWP's Age Stage, a program designed to address the needs of older Australians. And my co-host today is the wonderful Muriel Cooper, who for many years hosted her own shows on the ABC and Radio 3AW. Muriel is, in fact, the first woman in Australia to rate number one in Talkback Prime Radio. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, Fantastic. Yes, that's a little bit. A little intro, Muriel. Hello, Tony. We've done a few little shows together. Hi, everyone. The subject today is incontinence. It's actually, sorry, go the other way. It's World Continence Week, something I was quite surprised to know to know that the results of a recent survey shows that incontinence affects 38% of all Australians. That's like more than 6 million people. Um, and to discuss this further, we'll have Jill Chenoweth, who's from Mornington Peninsula Family Physi- Physiotherapy, which is a practice based in Mornington. And Jill is a continence and women's health physiotherapist with more than 25 years' experience and specialised in continence issues. She's worked in both public and private health Pathway, uh, health, developing pathways clinics involved in research and pel- pelvic research. Jill's mission is to inspire other health professionals and the general public to learn more about pelvic health and make change to prevent and heal these issues. This is a subject, as you can probably find out, I'm not very familiar with. Got all, got all the girls here, but I'll continue. And our third guest is an actress, mother of two, writer, singer and award-winning comedian. And to add to her credits is the ambassador of the Continents Foundation of Australia. Bev Killick is her name. She's no stranger to incontinence. And as part of the World Continents Week, she heads up the foundation's popular, believe it or not, Laugh Without Leaking Awareness program, which I'm so would like to hear more about that. <laughs> even though the, that describes a lot, I still we need to have your input on that one. So where to start? Bugger if I know, but I'm going to start with Jill, who uh, specialises in these issues. Jill and... Um, to our listeners, perhaps you can describe best continence and indeed incontinence. I'm sure there's a bit of a confusion if people just don't know what they both are. Yeah, definitely. So continence means that you're in control of your bladder and bowels, and that includes wind as well from your back passage. Incontinence is the opposite to that, so you're not in control of your bladder or bowels, and that includes wind control also. How does it how does this come into effect? I mean, how, uh, six million people having this condition, is it a condition, we'll call it? Yeah, it is. It's huge. How does um, it come about? How do you get... Oh, so many different um, uh, different things can cause incontinence. So uh, usually we think of women after childbirth. Yeah. Um, can be um, with diabetes or any sort of neurological issues with the spine, um, as well as mental health disorders. Mm. It's quite high also. So very wide-ranging across the community. So age? Age age really isn't... Yeah, there there isn't really um, one age that's a lot more than others. So people tend to think it's more in an elderly age group. Um, but obviously post-childbirth, it mm. can begin as young as 20s. Um, often adolescents as well, children um, can have some mm. incontinence, such as bedwetting and daywetting as well. May I ask, is it more prevalent in women or, you know, greater percentage than men? There is a slightly greater percentage in women than men, purely from the childbirth perspective. Um, however... As we're moving forward with more um, conditions that we treat with prostate cancer mm. and catching that much earlier, then you know there's a lot more men affected these days. 
Because it, because it appears that the subject is got a taboo associated with it because people don't like talking about it or they're embarrassed. Definitely. Um, there's a huge self-esteem, a self-esteem issue um, related to um, not being able to control our bladder or bowel or having pain downstairs. So um, often it's not chatted about. I think with the things that Bev is doing um, is really going to help mm. out with the community and people talking more about it. Mm. I didn't know that um, it affected wind as well. I think most people, when you think about incontinence, they only think about the we, but they don't think about the wind. Did you know that, Beth? No, I didn't. I, I would thought I would have thought that flatulence was a whole different ball game. Not at all, and that's the warning sign. I think the human body is pretty amazing, so little things will start to go wrong first. So that's the human body knocking on the door saying, oh, I need a little bit of help. Generally, people wait until things are quite bad before seeking help. It's much easier to get someone better the sooner they come than well, waiting I mean, until things know, are a bigger issue. As a comedian, you know, a good good old fashioned fart joke is you know <laughs> never goes astray. So I mean that 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 could sort of, you know, build into <laughs> the continence issues at large. You know, you start with a fart joke and then you know, do some jokes about we as well. Because I mean there's not so much stigma around farting, is there? <laughs> There is in our elderly population. I only came from the clinic today and um, I think it was my second or third client said, it's quite embarrassing if I go to get out of a chair yeah. and something else, the fluff comes out the other end. It's quite embarrassing for me when I don't know that's coming. So that's what ends up happening. I think, you know, passing wind um, is something that we should be able to control. So either you, sure. you're happy to do it or you're not in that situation right, that okay. socially. Okay, maybe I need to get that looked at as well. <laughs> you a more minutes laugh me. without farting. <laughs> that that I campaign. could see your eyes lighting <laughs> up at that bit. And there's a joke or two in that. But um, I was reading that there are a lot. It's a lot bigger problem now than it ever was. Is that just because of our ageing population, or are there other things involved? I think more people are talking about it. I think it's always been there. <clears throat> Obviously, our ageing population. Um, we'll be we'll be changing, skewing those stats as well, but I also think with things that Bev are doing and the Continence Foundation are putting it out there in the media, people are happier to, happier to talk about it and seek help mm -hmm. rather than putting up with it. You know. That's where humour is such a wonderful vehicle to reduce stigma. Definitely, and that's what I've just found. You know, on on stage, in my life, you know, just getting up and talking about all these taboo subjects or sticky subjects. And, and you know, the, the women that come up mostly, mostly women that, that come up after the performance to talk to me about it and say, oh, I have these things too and this has happened to me and it's wonderful to just get it out there and to be, to be a topic to be talked about and on a, on a road to recovery and to do something about it. You don't have to suffer alone. Definitely. And the first thing I say to people is, you know, um, I congratulate them for walking in our front door. You're 50% on your way to recovery, just admitting that these things are happening and you've come to the right place, there's people trained and it's so easy to fix. I've, I took myself off to a physiotherapist. I thought I can't be an ambassador and not look at my situation. So I went off and, and it was just such an... 
I'm not going to say an enjoyable experience, but it wasn't difficult. It wasn't um, a hard thing to do. The the physio that I saw, she was wonderful and just really great bedside manner. And I've just gained so much knowledge just from going to that that I have so I have much more to share now. Um, and what I'd realised that I was doing my pelvic floor exercises wrong. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't until that examination that I learnt the right way. Men, men's question: How? What are pelvic floor exercises? They're called Kegels. They yeah. can be called Kegels, Kegels in yeah. America. Kegel. In America, <laughs> but it's basically like it. it's just um, it's working the pelvic floor muscle. There's a whole group of them. It's like a how, heart how shape. How do you do that? You you lift. Is that just for women? No, for men oh, as well. Okay, right. Men have a pelvic floor too. Men should okay. do it. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure which is... Okay, so what you do, um, and I, forgive me if I'm not doing this the right way in front of a, an expert, you lift up and then you squeeze and then you squeeze in again and you hold it. You have to hold for a good five seconds and then you release. And you've got to do it in reps. So you can't just sort of do one and that's it. It's like going to the gym. You've got so to. So you do... can do one now, sitting in the chair. Oh yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm actually doing it while oh, I'm no. talking about it. Yeah. You can, you can do it yeah. anywhere, Tony. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. Up, so you're going to do reps sitting anywhere. So right. what I was told to do is, um, and it's definitely improved my my life from doing really? them correctly now. Improves um, your sex I, life I'm, as well. Yes, well, it does. No, stop. I'm testament to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it in reps, like you would at a gym, and that's yeah. what. It's like you know when you're working a muscle. In you can do it uh, like four four times a day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and like and like Muriel said, you've got to do it in a sitting position, a, right. a laying down position, and then a, a standing position. So yeah, it does depend on on the client. So generally speaking, we use a physiological basis when we're sitting an exercise program. I do teach men slightly different to women. Um, depending on their condition and what we're trying to treat as well. Mm. Their urethral sphincters do function slightly differently to, to women's and the action that we want them to attain to stay dry. Um, similarly, too, for erectile dysfunction, there's good research behind um, having a strong pelvic floor can help maintain erections as well. So in that situation, I would teach a slightly different way of doing their pelvic floors. Yeah. It feels also, a bit odd at first well, when, when you get it right. Talking about if, if, <laughs> no, but it just feel, it feels like you'll yeah. get a sensation yeah. and it sort of feels a little bit sort of annoying. But then you get it, past that and, and it really... You, you just yeah. sort of you get to know your pelvic floor. You so, can, so you can feel it, your and case, understand it. You, you've suffered, or if that's the word, from incontinence from an early age. From an early age, I um, I, I've always been a big laugher, so I'd have this <laughs> thing where you know, dad would tell a joke. Dad, my dad was a butcher, so he always had a joke to tell <laughs> from the boning room, and um, I'd laugh really loudly. I'm a, and and I'd just completely let go. And like just, when you were a child. When I was a child, oh, yeah. But I also yeah. had a fear of toilets. But like, both my children also do. I, what is I a fear of toilets? I just had a fear of grubby toilets or oh, a fear okay. of, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I was more comfortable actual... with going at home and a lot of children do experience this as well. Hmm. But there's also um, sometimes, um, it's they call it sneaky poo now with kids. They'll have um, incontinence and it's based on, it doesn't have to be based on toilet at all. It, it's based on fear um, and then that's how it comes out. As a psychologist, I talk a lot about the vagus nerve, which not is hardly ever talked about with respect to stress and fear. But the vagus nerve 
is uh, is involved in your um, urinary tract as well as above the waist. Definitely, mm. definitely. There's that. Is there also the um, as a human being, the flight or fright, the flight or flight or flight. That's yeah. right. Mm. So what what we do if we're running away from danger as a species, mm. we empty our bladder and bowel. Oh, think really? about yeah, think yeah, about yeah. a soldier going into battle. Yeah. And it's very common when, you know, you hear stories from soldiers or you read stories about them that they will, before they go into battle, they'll void their bladder um, and their bowels. Mm. And part of that fight or flight is you don't want to be carrying all that extra weight around while you're running, fighting or running away. Is that why they do it? That's, that's yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've learned well, that through quick, my, um, my, my continence foundation <laughs> <laughs> expertise I'll along the way. I'll tell you a quick Nicky Lauder story who passed away a few weeks ago now. and I was a friend of his. And um, he, as you know, is horrific, horrifically burned in a mm, murdering accident. Terrible. Absolutely, mm. you know, poor, very bad condition. And But six weeks after, he remembers dying, going down a black hole. But six weeks after, he was back in the racing, back in his racing car, which was quite amazing. And I said, well, how did that, how did you feel? He said, I shit myself. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I shit myself. Mm. Now, that was through some type of fear. He had to leave yeah. the track and... Mm. I suppose clean himself up or whatever, but how is that relative to what we were well, talking about? I suppose that the soldiers and that is, um, I mean, it's it's a form of incontinence, but this we're, we're talking about yeah. uh, where your body is not um, containing your fluids. So yeah. I, I've had a I've had a mixture of different you know variations on a theme. So I had some fear based incontinence as a child. And um, I, I would also hold on for too long to the point where I would bust. Mm. And then what happens is, um, and you'd know this as, as Muriel, the electrical current in the brain, is it, it all goes a bit skew-if and you have to sort of rewire it. Mm. So I had to have this note. My mum was so on my side with it all because I just wee myself um, that I was allowed to go to the toilet whenever I wanted. Right. Um, because, you know, as a school child, you have to put your, your hand up, yeah. you know, and it's so embarrassing because everyone, you know, you know sure. I, I need to go to the toilet and then they say, no, sit down. Apart you know, from everything it's, else, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, in an evolutionary sense, this business of having to do your business in a particular place at a particular time is quite recent in human history. I mean, before we had toilets, we'd just go wherever. Yeah. Exactly. You have to wait to get to a toilet. To and, so you, get, when we you end up getting mixed messages as a child, and this, and I'm I'm speaking for a lot of children out there, and past and present, that um, there is so many mixed feelings around going to the toilet. Like it's an embarrassing thing. Like you have to go with someone, mm. um, or you know the the toilets at the school are not kept well. Yeah. Um, but you know having to ask permission to do what your body needs to do it's is probably the same I, today it is sure, it, yeah. it can be yeah. i think things are changing now but um so that was the start of my mm. continence issues and then um yeah with the laughing thing i was <laughs> I'd, I'd pee myself laughing a lot yes. and and that was before children <laughs> and then i had uh, i have two children 14 years apart both uh, born naturally mm. so yeah there's some changes in the body and I probably didn't do my pelvic floor exercises properly, and that led to me becoming 
incontinent. There's no, um, Jill, there's no genetics involved. There can be genetics oh, really? involved yeah. as well, particularly with uh, what Bev is describing is a few different types of incontinences. So there's a, a lot of different types out there, and that's part of our assessment when we yeah. see a person. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those genetic links, you know, can be having an overactive bladder. So Which often, is what I was told I had as yeah, well. Yeah, often one parent may have had the same issue in the past mm. as well. Um, there is genetic links to collagen as well. Um, well, so the whole host would there be psychological behaviour? Yes, because if mm. you've got a parent who's <clears throat> constantly, you know, sort of rushing off to the toilet, um, it's a it's it's setting the scene for the child. Jill, you'd be more of an expert because you've done studies with children. Did That's you right. find behaviourally that that um, that was a, a fact, big factor? It, I think it is, but I'm interested it is, in what It is saying. definitely, and it, de- it, it depends on the culture and, and the socialisation within their family unit yeah. as well um, as to how they're brought up. And you, do, you would probably both remember um, being similar ages on... Um, the old adage of quick, we're going out in the car, let's go to the bathroom before we go. Yeah. Because we don't want to have to find a toilet right. when we're out. Because, and, and it becomes like an awful thing. It's like, oh, we don't want to have to find a public toilet. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, and that, I think that was embedded in my brain as well. And mm. I mean, I grew up in Townsville, North Queensland. It's like, where's the toilet blocks? Where are they? And, and if they were there, they would terribly, you know, they, they weren't looked after. But we were talking about this, Muriel, we were out um, there before. It's like we call them conveniences. Conveniences. Or lavatories. I, I, or I, the I powder mean, room. It's like, it's a toilet. Mm. I, just remem- I just remembered uh, an experience that I had as a kid. I were, we did a, pad, a, a, a tableau sort of pageant thing at Christmas time at the local footy oval. And I was the angel Gabriel and I had to hang on to this star on the end of a bowl. <laughs> but, but I had to stand there for the whole thing. It went for an hour and a half or something. And I just was desperate to go. And I had this flowing kind of robe, you know, it's the angel Gabriel. I had this robe that went down. So I just peed underneath it, which is what Victorian ladies used to do. Sometimes, yeah, you know, right. those big, just not on the street. But when they had those big crinolines, they just used to pop somewhere and you know. Do I often wonder how they got along, you know, with all that, <laughs> all those pantyhose. Yeah, so the angel Gabriel unfortunately <laughs> made a puddle. <laughs> so you had sort of like a yellow um, on the rim. <laughs> no, no, it was it was in the middle of the football field. Remember, so there was oh, just this oh. damp patch where the angel Gabriel was standing, oh, where all the grass had burned. I, <laughs> I, had, I had a similar experience at kindergarten, and every time I see this photo of this the little play that I was in, I remember. Just being so, so frightened of being on stage mm. that you wee, you know. And, I, and I've um, worked with kids here and there as well and theatre and whatever. And, yeah, it's before they're seen, go to the toilet because the stage fright thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jill, when you're working with children, you know how we were talking about the Kegel exercises for incontinence where, you know, you suck it all up. Uh, yeah. Uh, how do you teach children to do it? Often I don't go there. If I do need to go there, um, I teach it. There is a particular um, abdominal muscle that works with your pelvic floor. So I use uh, a belly button control and red is stop the wee and green is let the wee go. 
by moving their belly button a particular way. Oh, wow. That's terrific. But generally speaking... So they, they, they learn that they've got control. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, though, with kids, often the uh, treatment is quite simple by improving um, their bladder and bowel function, fluid and diet intake, and often you know, they, they become dry of their own accord. And reducing the fear factor too, of, of not of the fear of, of being criticised or... Because parents, I mean, look, I've been a parent. I know what it's like when your kid wheezes every night in the bed oh. and you've got to be endlessly washing sheets. It's really easy to lose your temper. And then the, then the child has got that extra... Extra anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And the way I describe it, you know, with it's the same nervous system as Bev was saying is when we get anxious. But the way I often describe it for children or even adults is, you know, when you've got a puppy and they're super excited to see you and they, they start panicking when yeah, they see you every mine time. mine does right now. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine does too. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the same nervous system of, uh, you know, that, that what's going wrong with your bladder. Um, yeah. So that's often a nice way to describe it that's non-threatening or anxiety-provoking for them. Well, so can we very, just take, sorry. sorry, can we just take a little break? Sure. In this case, I'm calling mine a comfort break because I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to do my pelvic exercises. So you're going for a wee? Uh, and pelvic exercises Oh, now. good. Well, we'll but teach I, you how to do them when you get back. Y- yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, we're, expecting you to, <laughs> we're expecting you to do them, Tony. Yeah, okay. But you don't have to take it clothes off or anything. No. Oh, okay. No, you can do, do it fully clothed. All right, have a quick break and we'll be back. Welcome back to this special edition of uh, Age Stage, which is a program designed to address the needs of older Australians. In this case, basically, it's not just older Australians. And as uh, earlier mentioned, we have Muriel Cooper as a co-host. Jill, what do you say your surname, Jill? Genoa. I knew that. And Bev Killick with us today, all the girls and me, um, discussing this uh, issue. Well, Tony, before we teach you how to do your pelvic floor exercises, because this program is about ageing, but we've been talking about children. But I think, um, Jill, a lot of people, as they get older, think that it's normal to be incontinent. Is it? They do. They take it as a normal part of ageing, that, oh, oh, well, it's just another thing that's going to break. I'll, I'll pad up and play on, so they speak. Yeah, I, I do um, uh, assist my father. Um, he has diabetes and um, he started to um, have a few issues with uh, continence. And um, so I'm, I'm there in Rockhampton and he's we've gone out to the cafe, to a cafe, and I'm like, Dad, what's that big bulge at the front of your pants? And he'd put, you know, the adult step-ins... He just chucked them down his undies. <laughs> so no one had really shown him. They just said, oh, so here it is. And he couldn't sort of figure it out for himself. And I said, no, Dad, you've got to do this. So I had to show Dad how to wear these adult undies. And he said, well, it's a good thing you're here as the ambassador for the Continents Foundation of Australia. <laughs> My daughter. You know, he was very proud. But by the way, is this something we all look forward to? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> No, definitely no. not. No. And it doesn't matter what age you are, you'll still do well with pelvic floor exercises right. and seeing a pelvic health physio. I think the scary part and the driver that I give a lot of my clients is, let's fix this now because if you're incontinent, you're more likely to be a nursing home placement than a hostel placement right. if yeah. something goes wrong down the track. And that was part of my role at the Peninsula Continent Service when I was working with the Mount Eliza Centre. Um, often they were independent in dressing and feeding themselves, so they were 
in, you know, hostel placement. But if they were still incontinent, then they were more yeah. likely to be nursing homes. So, you know, it's great that they often get quite a good result no matter what the age is. Yeah. And the beauty no, is with muscles is you can always get stronger. Joints yeah. and ligaments wear out, mm. but muscles will always right. respond. Okay. Mm. Um, and something that, I mean, I didn't pay for my physio examinations. It was all on the house and it's been great for me um, to have all these things thrown lucky, at me. Lucky you, Bill. Oh, I get all sorts of things in the mail. I've got vibrating underwear to, <laughs> to remind me to do my public floor exercises. It was linked to an app and it was like I couldn't figure it out. And they were all about, you know, remember you don't have to sit in the washing machine anymore. And it's like, what? <laughs> That's so 50s. Anyway. Jo, uh, tell us about your very descriptive laughing without leaking awareness campaign. But I just wanted to say this uh, with with the cost to, for going to a physio. I mean, I think I'm fairly sure there are healthcare plans. There are so, through Medicare. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about you know it being a huge cost to you. You can, and you need to contact your GP, and they can look into They'll all refer that for it. you. Yeah. Well, just before we get on to Bev, there is a helpline. Um, there is a helpline with the Continents um, Foundation of Australia. Number, yeah, so I don't know how much uh, traffic that might hold, but I'll just give the number out anyway. It's one eight hundred double three double zero six six. Would you know, Bev, if that's uh, that's correct? Popular because it's it is popular. The anonymity of it might be a great help, I would think. To many. The the love without leaking campaign has reached an enormous amount of people. Like uh, unbelievable, the PR and marketing. Mm. Um, executive Jody Harrison has just done the most incredible job um, with this campaign, and it's just it's it's lightened yes. the whole you know talk yeah. about it. And um, so there's a lot of people going onto the website and having a look. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine said they were playing a game on their phone, and my ad came up underneath. <laughs> so this year to the campaign, um, I'm the I'm the Constance coach, so I'm dressed mm. in this red tracksuit pants and I'm teaching people throughout this whole day where you can do your public floor exercises while you're waiting for a coffee, while you're waiting for a bus because everyone's on their phones anyway and no one's watching. And Laugh Without Leaking came about um, last year we were linked with the Comedy Festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival. So um, I had uh, on my flyers for my solo show I had Tenor Lady giveaway Um, and I was doing Vox Pops to for asking mm. people questions as they're going into shows. And it really is a big problem. Well, There's not, the not, you, not enough toilets at theatres. The way you fronted it is very, very good. I've just seen um, on Facebook, I think, mainly. Yeah. Um, because I would imagine it's if that was presented by anybody else as a straight medical problem, that would not gain any traction whatsoever. Yeah, you can tend to do on, that. You know, because... Yeah. It is a subject that perhaps needs to be lightened up or, That's right. or perhaps some normality to it. And you'd know this, ladies, from being a, a speaker. You've got to inject some humour into it or people just fall asleep. And if it's just all jargon that they don't understand or language that's foreign to them, they'll just tune out. Mm. So this is a, uh, it's a great concept and it's a great way of getting um, the results. How can um, our listeners in this case uh, see this campaign? There's laughwithoutleaking.com. That's it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, or you just just put yeah, in your yeah. browser, laugh without leaking, and you, all, all my ads will come up. Because yeah. I, I, I actually have routines yeah. <laughs> that are all ready to go. I've, had them, I've been doing them for a few <laughs> years. So they're all ready to go. So when they invited me to be the ambassador, I just got up on stage and did them and we filmed them. <laughs> 
Tell me, um, I read, where did I read this? Somewhere on stage you did have a problem. I did. <laughs> this is not when you were a child. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I worked in um, a theatre restaurant in Townsville. It was like a little old vaudevillian sort of theatre. And um, like, like yourself, I was on stage for a really long time, <laughs> standing there. And then it was my turn to do this number. And so I'm singing, belting out this tune. And I think just from the act of singing so loudly, I weed. And I shouldn't laugh, but it's funny. Everyone could see it. There's this massive puddle. So instead of, um, instead of, you know, running off and hiding, I just started tap dancing in it. <laughs> And started, started singing, singing in the rain. Just started singing, singing in the rain, and just made comedy out of it. And, and it worked. Oh yeah, that, it's, and I worked for that theatre for a few years, and that always came up. So you're you not know, doing that, that today? That, that was part of your act. No, I'm, okay. I'm fine. <laughs> my my most public episode. So it wasn't quite. I wasn't on stage like this. My most public episode was I took my daughter horse riding at Gunnamatta Beach as a treat. And I got this horse that kept breaking into a trot. I didn't know how to. Ooh, I didn't know how scary. to ride a horse. And every time, every time that I didn't know the rhythm of the horse because I hadn't been taught how. And every time I slammed down on the <laughs> saddle, some wee came out, and yeah. more wee came out, and more wee came out. And so it was. It was public in the sense that if they'd been looking really, really carefully, they would have seen quite a bit of a stain on my pants. <laughs> yeah. And my daughter was so embarrassed. You can oh, put it down mom. to sweat though. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody sweats that much. I had a girl, uh, one of my best friends in class in year 10, she she took the, the blame for me, wetting myself. Okay, so what happened was I was a little bit naughty and I threw a grape at the teacher and it landed right in his nether regions and <laughs> kind of bowled him over a little bit and he was like, who did that? Was that you, Miss Johnson? And um, I've turned to my friend Missy Fisher and said, I went myself. So she put her hand up and said, no, so it was me. Wow. So she took the blame. They're the good friends. Oh, that's, no. a, that's above and beyond. Oh, no. Above and beyond. What you're both talking about is very common of what we see. So we, we do see a lot of horse riders because it's quite a provocative activity. Mm. Is and, it that action of... And mm. singers. Sing it, yeah. Singers as well, yeah. I, I, I'll sing a song on stage and, and this is what will get me into my wee stories. I was like, I'm glad you enjoyed that because I just did a little bit of wee. <laughs> and it was true. Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, now that I've been, to, you know, that I'm looking after my pelvic health, I'm not weeing myself on stage anymore. Um, I was just thinking, getting back to the point about that being more prevalent now, and yes, we have, do have an ageing population, but is one of the factors that we're not quite as active as we used to be? We don't do quite as much exercise? or Does that make a difference if you exercise? I mean, obviously, the pelvic floor is a postural muscle, so people forget that the controlling part of it is only one part of it. What does that mean, postural? Postural muscle means that because it sits in the floor of our pelvis, so when we're standing upright, it holds all our bits in. So all our right. tummy bits, all our reproductive bits. So the whole time we're up against gravity, that muscle has to work, like our heart and lungs, without us thinking about it, yeah. to hold everything in. Mm. So I'm guessing you know, the less that we're moving around and using it, then it's, well, it's not getting as exercised as much. It to reason, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. What is it, what's the term called when something drops through? Prolapse. Prolapse. And is that how prolapse can happen? Can happen. 
that way and so can incontinence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess um, exercising more would be a good a good thing too. But um, uh, I'm, I'm also wanting to uh, get your... I, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, anticholinergic medications that are used for bladder control. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and last year uh, I was a bit... Because uh, I was looking at mental health, so I was looking at initially at benzodiazepines and their effect on our neurotransmitter, acetylcholine, which is responsible for our muscle control. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, a, a, as a consequence of that, I was really quite uh, disturbed to find that benzodiazepines, tranquilizers, actually can, uh, there, there may be, so don't panic everybody, just talk to your doctor about this, but there may be a link between those and Alzheimer's and dementia. Because it's uh, and so as a consequence of that, I discovered that it's also a factor in anticholinergic medications for incontinence as well. With the anticholinergics, I generally don't like people being on them long term. So the way I present it to people is that we use medication when needed. So often I'll ask the GP to pop them on those for six to eight weeks while I'm working with them and help to relax the bladder and get it under control and then we wean them off it. Mm. So that's the best way to use it. So they're not meant to be long-term, which then wouldn't, we would hope, harm any of those issues that you've been chatting about. Well, that's really good to know. That's very positive. Very positive. So... I suppose uh, GPs, do they, or, I mean, if I went to my GP and said, look, I've got a problem with my bladder, um, would they be likely to refer me to someone like you or would they just be likely to write out a prescription? Depends on the GP. It really does. Um, and it's really tricky for GPs because they've got to know a little bit about everything and it's hard to keep track of who's where and what and, yeah. and what's going on. I had no idea that there was a drug for continence. That's more for yeah. your overactive bladder right, type okay. of issues, not for stress incontinence right, with okay. coughing, jumping. Mm. Yeah, it's it's called... I dirt. can actually jump now. <laughs> and I sneezed the other day without weighing. I was so proud of myself. You can jump puddles now. <laughs> <laughs> I can jump without puddles. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. But the, the mental health aspect is is really important. I mean, I don't see people, I don't specialise in incontinence, but I see people with big-time anxiety issues and one of the factors sometimes is that they don't go out, they don't want to go out because they're, especially older people, they're scared of embarrassing themselves. That's right, or they can't afford the the, um, the pads, they can't afford really? the incontinence pads, yeah. Mm. They, they, I they suppose they're expensive, expensive. Like, Well, maybe not to us, but no. when you've got a you know a small budget, it can yeah, be very sure. difficult. When you're on the yeah. pension, you know, yeah. that's, and and you have to everything has to come out of that. Like paying for even young people who are on the pension who have to buy menstrual pads. Mm. Um, up until recently, they were taxed. That's right. And so I'm, it, so I'm part of a, a fantastic program called Share the Dignity, and um, and they help provide. Um, uh, napkins for for women in uh, in need or homeless mm. uh, folk. Mm. And um, Tanner Lady, who's one of the sponsors of Conscience Foundation, provided me with a massive box. So I gave that to them just recently at a function. And because um, more often than not, it's the sanitary napkins that, um, that women need, but there's a, a whole generation of people in need 
of the incontinence. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's you a silly question, but yeah. ha, ha, if somebody has, suffers from incontinence and needs these napkins, I suppose you call them, you could use up to how many a week? Some people are using five to eight a day. Wow. Then mm. there's a cost associated with that, of course. You know, depending yeah. on their incontinence yeah, yeah. issue. Yeah. Sometimes there is funding for those as well. Yeah. And that's where phoning the Continence Foundation, they have continence nurses on the helpline as yeah. well that can point them in the right direction. And there's blue nurses as well, isn't there, that would help provide. And Jill, right. your, um, your, your bank of patients... Um, coming in for regular treatments, I suppose, to actually fix the problem, if that is possible, do they have to come and see you ten times? Or I know it's, everyone's different. but as, Everyone is different. Yeah. Um, as a general rule, it's, it's not a lot. Mm. So I tend to say it's four to six over a period of three to six now, months. This is management, not, That's, not curing. Uh, um, or a bit of both. I always like to say I can almost fully, fully cure unless, oh. you know, then we get to the point that they may need surgery if it's a mm. prolapse issue um, as well as incontinence. Um, so there's management and there's treatment. I understand the management side, I think, but what treatments do you have apart from exercises? Oh, there's... There's a lot. There's a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> there's a lot. So um, all the people that are treating continents have got a postgrad in it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's wide-ranging um, from fitting vaginal supports to help hold the bladder up so mm. that people don't leak or the bowel. Um, is there medication? I know that uh, Muriel touched on that a moment ago. But is, there are you, different medications that for, you different, might prescribe. Yeah. for different things. Well, we'll suggest to the yes, GP. So, Physios right. can't prescribe. Of course. Um, but often the GPs, particularly on the peninsula, are, are great. Um, they'll usually just follow through with, mm. with what we'd like them to do. The other thing, um, I was diagnosed with, I had prolapse as well after childbirth, mm -hmm. and I just had another... I had a checkup just recently, uh, part of you know, pap smear and whatever else I needed, and that prolapse is um, is not gone away completely, but it's really re is reduced. That's terrific. from from doing public floor exercises. Mm, that's that's fantastic. fantastic. So it's it's amazing. Just you know, these little exercises, they can they can do a lot. I'm sure all the men who are listening in today uh, will be just hanging out to hear how to do their. So, so um, you said it's different for men than it is for women. Just uh, is there just a simple way you can say, well, this is what you do if you're a woman, and this is what you do if you're a man for people who are listening? A simple way, I think. I think for ladies, the way that Bev described it was great. So so you you do want to just lift that hold. muscle deep inside. Yeah. yeah. And, and you'll get a feeling. There's a feeling when you know you're doing it right. And it's that's what works for, for me. It's good for your spine too, isn't it? Like to that's support right. your spine. That's right. So it's one of our major pelvic and spinal stabilizers I'm as doing well. It. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I hope not. <laughs> just yet. Just <laughs> pretend that you've got a full fright. No, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and you've got to hold something up. No, I can't hold something yet. up, and you've got to squeeze it in. I'm a virgin. But in this I will case. give, but it's like I will give you a hundred dollars if you can do it, and you'll you'll find the muscle. Often, <laughs> Tony, for males, what I say is draw your nuts to your guts. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I love but, it. But I'm pretending I've got nuts now. <laughs> I'm going to leave you girls in a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. But come on, Tony. I, try to do it. If I, nuts to you guys. Come on. I can't. Come on. I haven't. Wait, in a minute. 
But in the next comfort break. <laughs> um, but if I don't have an incontinence problem, should I do it anyway? Definitely, because you would know from even getting as old as you are now. Hey, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> that your muscles aren't like when you were 20 years old. So. Um, as I was saying to Bev before, the beauty of muscles is they will always yes. bulk up no matter yeah. what age. And it's all about the organs too. But is that preventative so. then? If I Definitely. Person. And it's keeping and it, all your organs nice and up and mm. you know where they're supposed to be. Tonight, and that. controlling <laughs> your spine. Yeah, my spine's good. <laughs> it's just human biology. Yeah, I know, it's just new to me and perhaps many others as well. I know, which is a ridiculous thing, isn't it? Because but how old is you know, this? It's just our anatomy. It's just being a human is being. This a 20, and we should know all about this stuff. Or? Not at all. And it can go back to ancient times. Oh. You know, the Indians have been doing it for yeah. years. Um, and the Hopi the Asian Indians countries have so many amazing healing practices, like the ear candling, and yeah, and you you, yeah. you look it up, and there's all they they knew about it, and they definitely did, and women's health as well with American Indians. Mm. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to take another break. Um, Leah, we're having a little break because I'm getting nervous now. I need a drink. Welcome 64 back. 64 is not that old. <laughs> no, it's it's not old. 64 is is 64 is young. Actually, no. You know, when you think about what we've been talking about, incontinence, you know, the joints, because of gravity, there is gravity. There's <laughs> gravity yeah. has got a lot to do with it. Um, that when you take all that into account, it, 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 64, you've been all of that has been happening for 64 years. So even though you might only feel like 45 in your head, mm. in, so I, I have some patients who who say, look, my family, because women are having children later on in life now too, they say my family don't want me to be. 50. They don't want me to be 60. They want me to be 10 years younger than I am, and mentally I am, but my body is not 10 years yeah. younger. Yeah. yeah I'm a late most life mum. feel like that, yeah. You know, if you ask them how old they feel, they'll always be much younger. Well, the essence of you is always there, isn't it? Yeah. That's you know. right. Um, Jill, uh, does uh, having children later in life, does that make a difference as to whether or not uh, you get incontinence or, I mean, if you're younger, do you snap back better or? There are good studies to suggest that our collagen is more elastic in those 20-year age groups. So once we're over 30, our collagen stiffens. In that way, we're more likely to have to have instrumental intervention with some of our childbirths, which can lead to damage to those areas. Which I think may have happened with me. Like my, my first child, I was 24 and then 38. Yeah. So, yeah, the difference. <clears throat> and believe it or not, the, the second child at 38 was so much easier. Having said that, though, often these days, too, the ladies are thinking, well, if I have a cesarean, that will be protective. Oh. The new studies are that it's actually, it, it's not for incontinence, it is for prolapse. Right. So, um, and further studies coming out, um, the most recent ones, is that they're now looking at maybe just the pregnancy that causes a lot of yeah, issues, right. not the mode of delivery. Yeah, okay. I was wondering, so Bev and Jill, you might also both like to comment on this, whether um, being overweight has anything to do with it as well? Definitely. So yeah, I yeah. think, so. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. 
So the studies you can are... Hear, hear that? Place <laughs> <laughs> a little tune <laughs> I don't think I'm obese, but mm. um, I'm definitely sort of got some tummy action happening there. And it just has... I just haven't sprung back after my daughter's birth, really. And it can be tricky to embrace or approach that subject the first time you're meeting someone. Yeah. So something that I would often No, I had say, a doctor told me I was fat the other day. Oh, um, yeah. Seriously? That's mm. not great for our self-esteem. No, it's not. <laughs> what, what, it's terrible. You say you're overweight or fat? He said you're fat. fat. But, but you're not fat. I know I'm not. That's terrible. Change doctors. I know. Yeah. 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 I get a women's clinic now. Yeah. Oh. But we do know that if we stay within our body mass index, it's going to improve your continence by almost 30%. Really? So often I'll say to people, look, without me doing anything, if you decide to start exercising or eating a better diet, yeah, it's actually going to improve it without even coming to see me. Interestingly for me, and this is interesting for you, Muriel, as a psychologist, I have a lot of material about being not skinny. I have a lot of material about being the weight that I am and embracing it and whatever. Boxing. I'm wondering if I'm actually holding on to that weight because I've got a good 12 minutes of material around it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that program, um, the number one ladies detective agency, which was set in Botswana. And the her the heroine of that series, Mara Motswe, always referred to herself as traditionally built. <laughs> traditionally built. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So you can use that. You can I like traditionally that. build. Yeah. Jill, do you find the numbers of patients that uh, our patients, of course, um, coming to your practice is increasing? I think so, particularly with our, our our younger women and men. It's really great to see that they're looking at more preventative strategies. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they want every. They just come in sometimes for a checkup after their babies. Yeah. Um, what about the men, boys, men? The younger guys are more open at mentioning to their GP, you know, that yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I, there can be other things that are going wrong, not mm. just incontinence. You can have pain after ejaculation or penile shaft mm. pain. All those type of things are something that a pelvic health physio will mm. deal with. Mm. Um, so to be open to mentioning that even to their GP and then coming forward. But the numbers that you have... Um, apart from preventative, you're finding there are more people coming with a condition that needs treatment? Definitely. Is there a reason for There's that? There's been some statistics just on the campaign only this year mm. and last year that are saying that a lot more people are, are they're ringing this hotline, they're going to their physios. I reckon that's because of mm. you, to be honest, Bill. Honestly, because the, the it's very good advertising. link is fantastic. It's, 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 I'm so proud of it. And when I get all the, when Jody gives me all the stats, you know, this 18 million reach and people in India want, want to get in on it and, you know, can you go to Canada for this and that? I'm, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. You know, and I was just the right person at the right time. But, it, you know, it, I'm not going to take, take full credit for it, but. Why not? Th Why not? That, it's Why it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's in the mainstream social media right now and you can't escape it and it's good fun so it's one of those ads that you can watch over and over as well you're That's laughing right. without leaking campaign i note being the world continents week there's more than two thousand events in and around yeah. australia what are the what's like what it'll be different physios getting together there'll be uh, morning teas there'll be seminars there'll be functions mm. yeah yeah i'm giving a talk Wednesday night as well. Mainly at the medical Hospital. professionals, yeah? No, no, to, to part of the community, uh, volunteers involved with the Bayes Hospital. So mm. that'll be Wednesday evening. So 
these would be local people attending? Yeah, are, are yeah, they definitely. Paying, have they got a problem, an issue, or are they just... No, it's available to all volunteers oh. that come into the Bays Hospital. Oh, I see. Mm. Okay, fantastic. Last year I performed at Parliament, which was interesting. <laughs> and I forgot my... Parliament? I, yeah. And I forgot uh, to bring my passport. How and, ridiculous. Uh, and, <laughs> Bev, are you performing at the Women's Gala? Yes, I am for Women's Health Week. Yes, in August. we did that last last oh, year, and it was so funny. Oh, so good. I'm so wrapped to be doing. I'm actually coming back from Edinburgh earlier so that I can do it. Are you do, you're That's doing the comedy commitment. festival in Edinburgh. I'm going over there with a friend. Fantastic. Yeah, she's performing, and I'm I'm auntie. That's okay. Yeah, what a great trip. But um, was just, oh yeah, in part. So I forgot my passport. How ridiculous, right? Because I don't drive, so I don't have any ID. And Jody just went, well, look, here she is in the paper. I was in, the, like, today's <laughs> paper, the Canberra Times or whatever. And they, they just went, okay, section blah, 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 23, sign here, in you go. We presented with a cake and everything. It was, it was great. It was a great experience. So, being so there. whereabouts in Parliament was it? Like, was it? There was a, there was a, a room somewhere. We gave, we gave a, a, a talk and then I came in as the, um, you know, the, the humour side of things. So you'll be wearing your tracksuit? That red thing? <laughs> so? No, I'm not doing it this year because oh. the parliament, oh, because of the election, is not yeah. you know, seated this year. Yeah, great. Greg Hunt, our local member, is quite involved, which is great. Yes. Quite supportive. Yes. He, in fact, did a little video presentation to on Facebook. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, look, we're nearly running out of time. I want to thank you all. For, but finally, um, I might just... Remind listeners of that free helpline. I think that's a great way to address or start to address any problems they may have. And the number is one eight hundred double three double zero double six. And Jill, um, you're from the Morning Peninsula Family Physiotherapy. That's the name of the practice. That's right. And how would people get in touch with you? I mean, I guess if they remember that name, that's a good thing. But how? What's the best way to contact you? Should people wish? Best way, phone number is five nine seven six four nine four four, or look up our website or social media. Yeah, it's a way well. to go, isn't it? It's also Bridge Magazine is a very good source of information. I was going, yeah, yeah, I was going to say too with the helpline. What's absolutely amazing within the um, Continents Foundation of Victoria, if you log on to their website. You can actually pop in your postcode for Find a Physio mm. and it will give you all the health professionals within your region with the correct training to help you. Mm. So well, you come up with a pelvic floor plan. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> See what I did there? Beth, um, you, you briefly mentioned the bridge or bridge. Whatever it's bridge called. magazine. I just saw it in the media today. That's a hard copy? No, it's no, a... No. Um, or is it web-based? You can get a hard copy or you can... It's free. Can, yes, it's free. we have, yeah, it, is, we have I, it in I the clinic. I think you know, yeah. a lot of the hard copy would be a good way to go. And I didn't mm. read it all. But I Most physios have it. Yeah. 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 When uh, I went for my physio exam, I saw my face on the cover. I'm just going, what? But, and I'm like, look, Mum, I'm on the face of a magazine. <laughs> but you can subscribe and have it mailed to you. You can. Which is good. You can yeah. as well. Yep. Muriel, right. what about if people would like to get in touch with you? Just Google me. Okay. Muriel Cooper, you'll find me. <laughs> Isn't that. Google great for that? <laughs> but don't be embarrassed. Don't be scared. Don't be embarrassed. And don't make it let, make, let it make you stay at home. I'm staying at home. Don't, I'm definitely staying at home. No, Tony. <laughs> don't forget, Tony. Nuts yep. to the guts. Stop it. You're <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't be embarrassed. Okay, Seriously, thank you. Don't be embarrassed. Go and get some help. It's been great.